Welcome to this podcast from Third Flatiron Publishing in Boulder, Colorado, and Air, Scotland. Today we're presenting All Our Signs Align by Eve Morton. We loved the movie Coda, Children of Deaf Adults, about appreciating our unique qualities to overcome our differences. If humans ever make first contact, it'll be important to find out what we have in common. All Our Signs Align introduces a translator who teaches aliens American Sign Language and opens real communication. Eve Morton lives in Ontario, Canada. She teaches university and college classes on media studies, academic writing, and genre literature, among other topics. Her speculative work has appeared in Strange Horizons, Star Lines, and Eye to the Telescope. Her latest book is The Serenity Nearby, released in 2022 by Sapphire Books. See the author interview with this podcast. You can find out more at Eve's website, authormorton.wordpress.com. This story first appeared in the Third Flatiron Anthology after the Gold Rush. For more from Third Flatiron, Check out our website at thirdflatiron.com and subscribe to our podcasts. You can support our podcasts at patreon.com slash thirdflatiron. And now, let's hear All Our Signs Align, read by Julie Rue. All Our Signs Align by Eve Morton At first, teaching the alien sign language was a suitable challenge for Gregory. Growing up with deaf parents, while he had hearing, meant that he already felt as if he was in two worlds. He spoke out loud during the day in school, sharing secrets and stories without the use of his hands to his friends and teachers. Then at home, he'd sink into silence and translate his day into something that his parents, a stern, older couple who had had Gregory late in their life, could understand and comprehend. Sometimes he'd need to come up with his own forms of signs to translate the new world to his parents into something beyond spelling words out with his fingers, like when he understood that he was gay and wanted to introduce his new boyfriend to them, or when the scientists made first contact with aliens from another world and no one on the news had closed-captioned the experience. Gregory fumbled with both events, hands shaking and wondering if his message was reading properly but there was nothing to worry about. His parents signed back. I understand. I love you. And everything is going to be all right. Like some magic spell, one that always made him feel better when he was young, Gregory's parents signed words, spoke the truth. And so Gregory was loved by them no matter what his sexuality, and even the alien invasion turned out to be a peaceful affair. Gregory was no longer with Stephen when the aliens came, but he had been casually seeing a man he'd met in his first-year English literature class. They'd both been reading War of the Worlds in bed, bodies lying opposite one another on the same thin twin mattress, and when the news first broke on their devices, they thought it was a joke, an Orson Welles type of experiment gone awry. Then, realizing that no one else in this large world of over eight billion people knew they were reading H.G. Wells together, they took the news seriously and acted accordingly by making out until their fear subsided. When Gregory spoke next, he also signed, 
Though Jeff was a hearing man, it was as if he understood the imperative to always speak in two languages at once now that alien life forms were here. After informing his parents what was going on and then signing that he loved this boy with him, too soon as it turned out for their still very new relationship, he dropped out of his English literature classes and enrolled in translation studies. Within five years, with another five boyfriends behind him, he was translating his American Sign Language into Alien Sign Language, the initials ASL taking on new meaning in a global and now intergalactic world. His first classroom was on a starship that orbited around the new colony that had been discovered. It was yet another position between two worlds, familiar and comforting, and Gregory fell into the rhythm of teaching the aliens and other human translators quite happily. When the aliens presented with only three digits on their hands, he modified the alphabet to accommodate them. When they came to him with new concepts, such as consciousness trading and ineffable happiness, he struggled to find ways of expressing it to the humans around him, then on his five-fingered hands and then to the aliens, giving them back a sign they could use to understand one another. When finally, after nearly six months of struggle, one of their six eyes lit up with the joy of comprehension, it was the best feeling Gregory had had in some time, not since boyfriend number five kissed him under the moonlight filtered in from a spaceship. Finally, he'd met his biggest challenge so far. Humans and aliens could speak together. They could understand one another through their hands and bodies and faces, even if it was all so very different from each other. So when the government canceled the sign language program, Gregory didn't understand. Hadn't things been going so well? What were they to do with this new language? one that had bloomed into an ever-expanding lexicon between the races after that first translation hurdle. When Gregory was called into his boss's office and Sherry informed him of the new invention of a universal translator implant and freeform box that could be attached to a larynx of every human and every alien creature, so there was no need to share words any longer, he remained silent with his mouth, but his hands were lively with his true thoughts. He cursed. He cried out. He signed his frustration and skepticism at how something technological could replace the human-alien field of translation. You've been signing, Sherry said, her brows furrowed, but I don't know what you're saying. It was hard to believe that after all this time, his boss still had not picked up even the most basic annoyance in someone's fingers. It doesn't matter, Gregory said, and put his hands behind his back, where they still twitched with his anger. I just don't understand how a piece of technology can replace human and alien conversation and relationships. It translates for us now. We have the words. But language is about more than just words. It's those relationships that matter. It uses those relationships. The tech is based in AI, which has now scanned enough of the alien's language, cultural documents, history, and stories to have a complete lexicon on which to draw its translations. Now there is no need for a shared language, the bridge sign you've been teaching. I'm sorry, but we simply don't need it anymore. AI, he repeated, knowing the term but still not grasping how it could replace human touch. She gave him the basics. Artificial intelligence is sort of like robotics, where we can use the computational technology at our fingertips 
to create a whole database of definitions and translations, so the need for your skills is obsolete, before he interrupted. But what about concepts? Idioms? What about them? There is no direct translation for something like once in a blue moon in English or once in a black moon in their language. We have different social constructs, different family and gender relationships, even different relationships to time and space. We have different fingers and hands, too. With all of this in mind, we've still made it so ASL combines our shared understanding into a shared language. Unless these translator boxes can also work together rather than simple scanning, I fail to see how one can replace the other. Sherry nodded as if she understood, but when she repeated her stance on AI, the wonderful ways in which this computer program had scanned and memorized all the alien cultures, Gregory stopped arguing. A long time ago, when he was only fingerspelling and not using the words of their sign language, his father had told him that the brain was a processing machine, not a memorization machine. Stop trying to memorize me and talk with me instead. The words had changed his approach to language, to understanding, and as he taught the new ASL to his human and alien students and then learned from them, he remembered his father's stance more and more. He wanted to tell these words to Sherry now, but she would not believe them. Even if she did, the decision had been made. There would be no ASL workers and interpreters and teachers anymore. Their shared language would fade away as a cultural idiosyncrasy, something too ambitious like Esperanto or something as foolish as Pig Latin. In Gregory's last class on the starship, to a mixture of both alien and human students, he explained with his words in English and then in alien sign language what had happened. The faces that stared back at him, no matter the color or texture of the skin or how many eyes they had, were filled with the same irrefutable sadness. They all agreed that the AI technology could not do what they had done together over these hard months and all despaired that the language that they had used together would fade away into nothing. But what happens to our names? One of the aliens signed with Zer's three fingers. Z had been adamant about no longer using fingerspelling for people's names. Z had come up with Zer own moniker when Z reached a particular molting period in Zer's species growth cycle. And Z had decided that a new name fit Zer's new body that much better. Z held up two fingers on Zer hand, spelling out X, then Y, then R. Z then held those fingers into a wave pattern to signal the final sign of Zir's name. Gregory had always heard this name as Zephyr, the god of the wind, in his own mind, and he liked the way it danced in the alien's hands. What if the translation box doesn't give me what I know I'm called? Z asked. I know your name. We know your name. I hope it can be enough to hear it and see it one last time, Gregory said. He held up the letter G in ASL with his hand and then brought it to his mouth, his name. The other students, human and alien alike, followed with their own names. Gregory watched as everyone used the same language, the same shared understanding, to signal how unique and wonderful they all were. A contraction, maybe. If they were all unique and wonderful, how could anyone be different? But it didn't matter. They signed their names.
They said their names out loud, if they could, and then the room grew quiet. I'm sorry, Gregory said in English and simultaneously signed to his classroom. I don't know what else to say other than I'm so sorry. This is our last official class. But unofficially, one of the humans added, and also signed as he spoke, unofficially, we can do what we want, yes? We could meet at someone's house. We could keep talking, keep writing, keep signing. Gregory was struck by this suggestion. The starship he'd lived in for so long, orbiting and without grounding, made him think that homes were floating, fleeting. The man, whose name was Abraham, went on to describe how they could all set up a foundation, a location, a library of some kind on the alien's planet and on Earth. We can keep talking, even if no one hears us, he laughed, seeming to understand his incidental pun. I mean, I know what you mean. Gregory added the pun in ASL so the others would get it, and they laughed the way they could laugh, and they gestured with the sharing laughing sign together. We can do that, yes, Gregory said. We should do that. It reminds me of something my father said, actually. The brain is a processing machine, not a memorization machine. Our words are much the same. They are about us, about the people, not a translation device. Yes, Abraham said. I understand that. Do you all? The class clapped in their shared understanding, each silent and vocal word taking Gregory's breath away, like the announcement of the aliens and his own emergent sexuality once had. And so they spent the rest of the time they had together planning and talking and signing some more. Gregory had come to his classroom full of melancholy and malaise, giving up his life's work for something that a bot could do now. But he left it over an hour later with a feeling of purpose. He still had a translation job with the government and intergalactic station. It would now be switched to a tech-focused section and he'd be given new training. But even that drudgery took on new life if it meant he had a meeting room to go to on the alien world or on his home world to keep speaking the language they had created together. Gregory was about to lock up the classroom when he noticed that Abraham was still in the room. Though they were both human, both with five fingers and perfectly functioning ears and mouths for speech, they continued to speak to one another with their hands and using the alien signs between their regular words. You're still here. Are you okay? I'm fine. I was just wondering what you were doing later on. For work? No, silly. Abraham said, and used Gregory's name with the diminutive silly term rather than the insult term silly. When he smiled, Gregory remembered something else he'd not yet taught his class with his hands. Love, the kind of love between two people, no matter the sex and no matter the species, that could transcend everything. It had not been in the school curriculum before, and since the aliens shared a different concept of love, depending on their molting seasons, the International Space Agency didn't want to deal with it. And for a time, Gregory had been too busy to remember that side of his body, his heart, and his language. He'd focused on work. But now, as Abraham stepped closer to him and asked him with his mouth this time, without using words, what they could do together, he filled with ideas. Their kiss became a caress a hug, 
became something more between their bodies. When they pulled apart, they held hands, and an electric charge went through them. There's so much to say, Gregory said, and then shook his head. A complete other world. Yes, that's true. Abraham held up Gregory's hands. He kissed the tip of his index finger, then his middle, then the ring, and the pinky before he folded the thumb into the center. He made nonsense spaces and syllables with his hand, a start to something else. But I think you can handle it. Gregory nodded. He was, after all, used to living in two worlds. Maybe now, as he kissed Abraham once again, he could also love in two worlds. Thanks for listening to this podcast from thirdflatiron.com. Original music by Disco Volante. Sound production was by Andrew Cairns.